Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. Today, I'm going to be talking about some crazy things, and I'm very excited about it. I think it'll be a very interesting podcast episode. As you guys know, that right now, there's some chaos going on, um, especially between Russia and Ukraine, and that's like a whole entire thing that's going on right now. Uh, I don't know a lot of details. I'm not going to be talking about that today. That's just an example of what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about the chaos that is said is going to be coming and signs of the times and all kinds of crazy, exciting things like that. Um, so I hope you guys are excited for this episode. So I'm not much of a politics kind of girl, as you guys already know, because I never really talk about politics on my podcast. Um, so don't worry if you think I'm going to be bringing up all kinds of interesting, controversial things, <laughs> because that, that's just not my place, that's just not my, like, I'm not good at that, I don't know, that's just not my thing, okay? So don't worry that I'm suddenly going to be talking about politics, no, I'm talking about, I'm actually bringing this up in the first place, because it's just like, to me, to be completely honest, it feels a little bit like the beginning of the end. Now, hold on just one second. I need to turn the light on because it's dark in here. So I'm going to go over here and turn on the light. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now it's a little brighter in here. Um, one thing I wanted to add in right before we started because it makes... It has, like, no relevance to what I was just talking about, but I wanted to say it. I sometimes go back and listen to my older podcast episodes just to listen in on what I was talking about or how I did or what kind of style or or if I talked about something specific so I'll go back and listen um funny thing is I always listen to myself on fast forward kind of like at 1.2 times the speed so I just wanted to let you guys know that if I talk too slow for you you can always speed me up and it's way better like, I was listening to a sermon, like, an, like 20 minutes ago, I think, and I was, like, in a hurry because I needed to record this, so I was like, alright, you're gonna speed up, so I speeded my pastor up to, like, 1.5 times his regular speed, and he was, like, talking really fast, and I was like, this is great because I get bored quickly and easily, so when you speed someone who's talking, when you speed them up, like, it's easier to pay attention, I feel like, because... The information is entering your brain at a faster speed. So, if you think I talk too slow, speed me up, okay? So, yeah. That's the funny thing. Okay, so, obviously, chaos is already going on in our world. Even besides um, what's going on in the politics world. Or, you know, whatever. Besides the Russia and Ukraine thing, like... There is a mess in a world. Even if you're listening to this, like, a year later and nothing really came out of this. Like, even if you're listening 20 years later. I can only imagine. Why would someone be listening to my podcast 20 years after I've recorded? I don't know. But just saying, this is still going to be true. Like, chaos is still in our world. People do not have any love for each other very much anymore and just are motivated by self 
selfish reasons and stuff like that. That's very evident in our world. So, I'm going to be talking about or reading from Matthew 24 and 25 right now. Um, about, like, what Jesus says about the signs of the times. I started, like, a painting in my Bible in this area. Feels kind of fun because it's, like... I don't know. It sounds interesting, too. See? Yeah. But, uh, I should finish this painting. It's not very good, but I like it anyway. Anyway, okay. Matthew 24. Um, as I said, 4 through 13. And Jesus is talking about the signs of the time. And my pastor said that something that's very important when you're reading this is to know what Jesus is answering, what questions are is Jesus answering. So let's just start from the beginning of the chapter instead of number four. So then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do not see all these things. Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? So, those are the two questions that Jesus is answering in these areas. When will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? Now, my pastor said to make sure to know that all the things that he's talking about here is not the signs of the rapture. It is the signs of the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you don't know, there are two comings of the Christ. And the first is a rapture where he's not going to come all the way down to earth. He's going to stop in the middle of the air, which First Thessalonians tells us, which I will be reading to later. Um, and then everyone rises and meets him. Not everyone, only believers in the church. Um rises to meet him and then the second coming is after the tribulation i think i'm not very good at this i still kind of get confused about this thankfully my pastor is actually going through revelation right now in church and so i'm hoping that that will clear things up better so i would know what order these go in it's a good thing that right now i'm not trying to tell you exactly what order everything goes in. i'm just telling you right now that the signs that he's talking about right here in Matthew 24 are not the rapture. There are no signs for the rapture. It can happen at any moment in the twinkling of an eye. And that's why Jesus says to be prepared. But let me read this to you, all right? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. I feel like that's what we're doing right now. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, and will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Okay, <laughs> so it's a lot, right? Let's just, like, start at the beginning, I guess, just work our way from there on. Um, so, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. 
which we just read. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. I feel like this is coming to pass right now. See that you are not troubled. Don't be troubled about it. For all these things must come to pass. These things have to happen. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. We need to expect these things to happen. Like, we don't need to be surprised when they do happen. Like, I I hear of rumors of, like, a, like a famine that's going to come possibly with all the truckers, like, not being able to bring food or... Or, like, protesting against it because of the vaccines. Or, like, because of random other weird theories. Like, one of the dams explode. <laughs> like, literally, no one really knows what's going to happen. Like, you can't have all the details. But I don't think we should necessarily be surprised when something happens. And I definitely don't think we need to be troubled. We have hope as Christians. We have hope. Like, even now... I'm just going to be really honest with you guys, really open. I don't want this to come, I don't want this to end up in like a, like a controversial kind of way, like that you guys don't, wouldn't want me to listen to my podcast anymore. Like that's not the most important thing to me. I just really don't want to accidentally end up saying something that someone will take wrong, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to just tiptoe around every single topic so that you guys wouldn't even know what I'm trying to say, right? (laughs) So, it's like a middle point, but here's what, like, for me, I think it's not going to be long before my country is involved in some sort of chaos and and war that, that will impact me directly. Basically, that's what I'm saying. I don't know where you live. I don't know what your country is all about. But I have a feeling that it's probably true for your country as well. So what I'm saying is I feel like it's not that long until this chaos that's going on now leads to chaos that will directly impact us. And if you are actually in a directly impacted like area, like then you probably understand what I'm saying to the point where you're probably surprised by it taken by surprise um but know that we're praying for you i'm praying for you um and the bible says that these things are coming and they're going to happen to us and not to be troubled about it um and that's just what i'm trying to tell you guys today that don't be surprised when chaos comes and it impacts you and the people around you closely don't be surprised but don't be troubled about it either i'm going to talk some more about that soon um pestilences pestilences some people call the entire pandemic that happened a pestilence they kind of put that in there as a sign i think that's definitely probable but i think that it's just again the beginning of the end i think it's I definitely believe we're in the end times and that we're going to be raptured very soon. I'm I'm hoping and praying, but at the same time, I think there's a revival that us as Christians need to be shining our lights for before the rapture. I don't know, that's my own personal, like, logical thinking, but I'm just a kid who thinks things, so I could be completely wrong. We could get raptured right now, or right now, or right now, like... 
or tomorrow. It's a whole thing. Um, yes, I believe in pre-trib rapture because I think I've already said this before, but, um, the tribulation is the wrath of God poured out on people that do not believe and do not accept his salvation and his purifying, basically. So they are going to receive the wrath of God, which is punishment. Um, and God would not pour out wrath upon his people who have accepted and been purified and the debt has already been paid. We are not going to have to suffer the wrath of God again. So, um, not that we suffered it the first time. Jesus suffered it for us. But yeah, so I do not believe the rapture is going to be in the tribulation um, if it does happen, then I will be mid-trib because I would like to go as soon as possible if the tribulation comes. And then if it doesn't have mid-trib, then I will be end-trib. But as far as right now, <laughs> I am pre-trib because that's what I believe. Um, if you are not, that is your place. I'm not going to judge you for it. It's your choice. So, moving on. I have a feeling this is going to be a long episode. Wow. Okay. I have a lot to say about this, obviously, because I don't talk about it that much. I try to keep myself in a very neutral area, as you probably guys, you guys probably know. I don't like to say a lot of things that will cause, like, offense. Not because I'm afraid of it, I don't think. Just because I, tr I don't know, as a Christian, we are called to be peaceful. We are called to only show love through everything we do. And so if I talk about something that could be controversial or offensive, I really want it to come across as something loving and something that might just give you a new perspective or just help you and not something that I want to offend somebody or to hurt them, as you can see. So, like, that's probably why I stay away from controversial or, or like, offensive topics is just because I want everything I do to be done with love and I don't think that stating my strong opinion about, um, I don't know, all kinds of topics that people are fighting over. I don't think that's necessary. I think there's much more important things we could be using our time on, such as just trying to love and serve one another. So, yes, I think that there are topics and, uh, times and places and things for, um, like disagreements and debates and like politics and everything like that I definitely think there's a time and a place for that but that's just not my podcast my podcast is really just trying to help people find a new perspective on things maybe if that's what they're looking for um just for God to work through it and just to show love by sharing the truth with people when truth is really hard to find in this world um so, I guess that's just me explaining why I don't like to step into offensive or controversial topics. <laughs> um, and just want you guys to know that that's my mindset when I come around these topics because, I don't know, some people might think that I am biased towards Russia or something because I... I'm Russian, actually I'm partially Ukrainian as well, and so <laughs> it's like, I was never even, I've never even been there though, so technically I really am un un 
an American, like, I was born here, I'm a citizen of America, like, I'm not biased, I don't think. I didn't even choose a side necessarily when it comes to this. I don't have enough details about it. I just know that it's going on. Lives are being taken. Um, and really what's important right now is praying for the safety of people there. Um, and praying for the loved ones I know people have there. Like Girl Defined Ministries, one of their sisters lived lives in Ukraine and she's currently trying to get to safety and so we're just praying for her um and her family it's just like a crazy time a crazy thing to know that it's real people there suffering right now and that I feel like that's what's really most important around this entire situation is to understand that there are people innocent lives that maybe never even had a say in what is going on or, or even had a thought about it and now their lives are being turned upside down by it and I think that's that's not just gonna end there and what I'm saying I I think it's gonna lead on to all of our lives being turned completely upside down so we need to be prepared because Jesus warned us about it right so he says, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. This is a beginning, if it is even the beginning. I think it might be the beginning of the beginning of the end. Like, you never know how much time is still going to pass. Like, I know for me, it's like, I feel like I'm sure that I've seen this weird stuff going on in the world. And I feel like I'm sure that soon the end is going to happen. Like, how much more down, excuse me. How much more downhill can this get? Like, I don't know. But imagine the people during the Holocaust. Like, imagine living through that. And, like, thinking about the lives, the millions of lives. And just the entire, the eeriness, I guess, of all of it. I would, if I lived in the Holocaust, alone. Holocaust, I think I would be 100% sure that Jesus was coming, but how many years has it already been since then, since World War II? I don't, I'm not a history professor, I don't know, I'm sorry, I probably should know. I think it's been maybe 80 to 100 years. You can laugh at me if that's wrong, but I think... That's approximate. Anyway, the point is, even though I feel so sure that Jesus is coming back any moment, which we're all supposed to be prepared for, like, I still understand that it could still be a while till he comes. Not saying that you should watch. He commanded us to watch and not to grow impatient regarding his promise. Um... But, just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, so I can't know what what I don't know, right? So, uh, continuation. Um, I'm just going to read this chapter to you because it continues to talk about it. 
Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, and in parentheses it says, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be a great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Okay, let's just talk about the weirdness of that. So, the abomination of desolation. That is a sacrifice done by a bad guy. I believe it's the Antichrist. In the new temple of God, which is going to be built by the Jews in Jerusalem. Yes, the temple of the God, the temple of God that I was talking about last week, which was a really fun episode. If you didn't listen to that, you should. Is going to be rebuilt, and in that um, in that temple, there's going to be a sacrifice done by the Antichrist. I think it's the Antichrist. I think I always get mixed up between like the false prophet guy and like the Antichrist because they're all workers of the devil, and so really it doesn't. I, I'm sorry I don't have details for you. If you want to know these answers, you should look them up yourself. Whatever you don't know, look it up because I do not know everything and I cannot tell you everything. So please, look it up for yourself. But somebody bad, somebody who's working with the devil, let's say that instead, um, sacrifices a sacrifice, an unholy sacrifice in the holy place. And that's what he's talking about here. Um, then there will be a tribulation, it says, that has the world that has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. I do believe the rapture will be already done by this time, before this time. I believe I will be gone and in heaven. Whether that be by death or by rapture, hopefully by rapture, because I would love to experience that. Actually if I'm dead I still will experience it. How awesome. I still experience it. Anyway. And if you are saved, so will you. Fist bump. It's going to be awesome. Um, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. What do you think that means? The days will be shortened. And this is not a new thing. Like in Hezekiah, King Hezekiah's time, I think it's Hezekiah. In Isaiah, I think that's where it is. But I could be wrong. King Hezekiah, like, in his time, the sun was moved back. Like, ten steps, I think, was the measure. Again, details, right? I'm still trying to learn all the details of the Bible, and I forget a lot of them. I'm sorry. Um, but God moved the sun back. And then, in, I think, a battle where Joshua was, he lifted up his arms, and God stopped the sun from setting. He just stopped it. He basically stopped time for the battle so this is not a new thing but it says that the unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved meaning like unless the days hadn't been shortened like no one would have survived i think that's what it means but for the elect's sake meaning the 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 house of israel the jews the the elects because they're the elect i don't think that the 
I don't think I'm a part of the elect. Maybe I am. But I think that when the Bible talks about the elect, they're talking about Jews because I know that the Jews are kind of separated from the church of God. So I don't think the Jews are going to be raptured. I think there are individuals who have accepted Christ as their savior and they will be raptured because they have now believed in the same. But a Jew that is still sticking to the old covenant stuff I believe they are the elect because they are still the chosen people of God. So God is still going to have a special plan for them. Not sure what it is. But for their sake, because they are not raptured, they are still in the tribulation. They will be the days will be shortened. Now why do they have to go through the wrath of God? Do they have to go through the wrath of God? I don't know. I'm just going through this with you guys, like, literally, this is not one episode that I know the answers to, like, pretty much anything. I think we're, I'm just, like, studying this with you and, like, thinking about this. I wish you guys were here so we could discuss it. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if you guys just were, like, sitting around my room and we were just all talking instead of me talking to this little microphone? That would be so much cooler. In heaven, guys. In heaven, we'll do that, okay? So... The days might be shortened, and I feel like, what does that mean? Like, maybe the earth will start spinning faster. Because if it spins faster, the days will be faster, right? So the days will be shorter. They won't be 24 hours anymore. But that's weird because the earth is slowing down over time. That's the scientific law of entropy. Everything runs it down gets worse so it's slowing down so why would it get faster anyway i wouldn't figure this out i i'm excited to see how it happens but i like to think about it i don't know all right moving on then if anyone says to you look here's the christ or there do not believe it for false christs then false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive if possible even the elect see i have told you beforehand Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out, excuse me, or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will come the coming of the Son of Man be. I think that's so cool that Jesus re- re- um, represents, like, or explains his coming as, like, the lightning that just, like, flashes across the sky, like, in an instant, like, you know, it happened, but you can't see it, like, you can't examine it or anything you can you can't and like you can't really fathom it either it's just like whoa that was what was that like and it just flashes all the way across the sky how is that even possible and then it says for wherever the carcass is there the eagles will be gathered together i mean, i think honestly that's literal i don't think that's like a what's it okay allegoric kind of thing for wherever the carcass is there the eagles will be gathered together i don't know i'm sorry i don't know what that means immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light the sun of the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven and that all the tribes will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory 
The sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. So all the stars... Okay, they're going to fall from heaven. But does that mean it's going to fall into the earth? I don't know. How can it fall otherwise? How can anything fall in heaven, meaning space? Because there's no gravity in space. There's no up or down in space. So how will I fall? Huh. Y'all, if you have answers, like, email me. <laughs> like, I'm I'm hoping to study this. Like, my pastor's doing Revelation right now. And I really want to learn more about how this is all happening. I even got, like, a Left Behind book from the library. I don't know if those books are good. Are they, are those books good or are they, like, bad? Like, do they, I've never read one before. And I started the first one. Not, like, the kids' ones, the adult Left Behind books. Which is, if you don't know what Left Behind is, it's like about people who are left after the rapture, those who were not raptured in heaven, and then everything happens after that. And obviously it's just fictional and uh, as based off of the Bible as it can be. At least that's what I think. I haven't read it though, so I can't necessarily say. So I'm hoping, I'm going to read them, or at least I'm going to read this one maybe, and see if it'll it's good at all hopefully it will be hopefully it's not anything false because you know oftentimes people will twist things um like for instance since this is already a controversial one <laughs> oh is it loving to say this let me see let me think i think so because you guys need to know that you need to be careful with what you read and, and listen to, especially when it's so-called religious or Christian. Actually, oftentimes it's more dangerous to read something Christian or listen to something Christian when you do not know for sure that it is the correct, uh, like, uh, theology and doctrine because the devil would twist his lies into it and can lead you astray easily with Christian stuff as well as secular stuff. So, I was listening to a very popular song today um, in the Christian, like, community. And I don't do that often. I don't like to listen to big Christian bands. Well, actually, I'm not really supposed to because a lot of them have false doctrine in their churches and in their writing and I was like well this song is fine because I've listened to it before and I like it like I think I can praise the Lord with it so it's okay if I listen to it or just like right now so I started listening to it and then I realized I never really paid attention to lyrics that much because they're kind of shallow honestly um but then I realized like the second verse says I'm going to tell you the lyrics. You'll probably know what song I'm talking about. A hundred billion creatures evolve at the, at your command, something like that. Um, and although it may not seem that like it, bad, you know, but at the same time, I, feel, I gave this, it gave this vibe that, um, God had set evolution into place and that's not true if you think that's true I have like an entire series of five episodes or something kind of telling you where you can find 
biblical science and like what will back it up such as cost by russ miller um and the seven videos by what's his name kent hovind um those two things are really great if you're looking for science truth and how it agrees with the bible um and that science does not actually prove the bible wrong at all instead it proves the religion evolution theory wrong so if that's something you're interested in then I would strongly recommend for you to check that out. I cannot believe how long this is taking me to get through. Okay. Um, so yeah, you need to be careful. And that's why I'm trying to be careful when I started reading this Left Behind book. Because I'm not actually that educated when it comes to, like, the end times. Well, okay, so I know and I, I have the basic idea of what's going to happen. But obviously, it's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen. And it takes a lot of study to even understand what all this prophecy and, like, how everything goes together is very complicated. At least it feels like it to me. So, I'm not that educated regarding it. But I'm really wanting to get to it. So, I need to be cautious when it comes to reading stuff that is not the Bible. Because you don't know who or what might have gotten into the book and uh, twisted something that could lead you astray. So, be careful. All right. Immediately after the tribulation, okay, I read this. Uh, okay, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. I was going to say, what is a sign of the Son of Man? So let's say, like, all the things that give light from space, like, stop, right? Like, stop it. And then the sign of the Son of Man, what is that? What if that is the star that came over Jesus' place in Bethlehem when he was born? What if that's a sign? That'd be so cool. But I bet if it's not that, it's going to be way cooler. So, I'm excited to see what that is. Because I just, like, figured out that that's even a thing. And then all the tribes of heaven, of earth, will mourn. The tribes of the earth, sorry, will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would not be amazing if you were not on his side. That would be incredibly scary. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heaven to the other. So now he's collecting the elect. This is after the rapture. This is called the second coming. So this is the second coming of Christ. All the signs that he just gave you were for the second coming of Christ. Um, now I'm going to tell you something about Jesus coming. <laughs> So you know like how he said that I go to prepare a place for you in heaven? Yep. I don't remember where he says that. At the end of Matthew, maybe? Uh, I go to prepare a place for you in heaven. Hmm. Well, anyway, you guys probably know what I'm talking about, right? Go to prepare a place for you in heaven. <sighs> now, let me tell you something about this. So, God, the Bible clearly says that no one knows the day or the hour in which the Son of Man will return. And he'll come like a thief in the night and the twinkle of the night and, and like, all that stuff. Versus there are a lot of places where, um, he says, come in the clouds with loud trumpets and glory and power and all kinds of things. And so those two comings are very different, right? Like a thief in the night versus like a king who's coming back to like re-conquer what actually belongs to him and everything. Like 
So obviously there are two comings of Christ. There's a rapture and then there's a second coming. I think the rapture comes before the tribulation and the second coming of Christ after the tribulation. Um, uh, but he says that he's going to prepare a place for us. And he says there are many rooms in the kingdom of heaven or something. Let me look. I'm going to prepare a place for you. John 14, 2. Okay. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I just wanted to add that in because there's only one way to get to heaven, guys. That is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. You think that's narrow-minded? No. That's the truth. The truth is victorious. It will overcome any lies you believe in or say or tell or, or you know. That's the truth. There's only one way to heaven, and that is Jesus Christ because he is the sacrifice who paid for our sins. There's nothing else in the entire world that, or in heaven or anything that could pay the price for the sins or, or endure the wrath of God for us. That's only Jesus and he's the only way you can get to heaven by accepting the salvation that he gave and he is given to you now. If you have not accepted it, you should because heaven is a fantastic place. I've never been there, but I believe it and I have hope in it and that's the only reason that I think I'm okay with whatever's going to come next. Um... And hell is a real place, um, and it is not a good place because I believe in the Bible, and the Bible says so. So, I would greatly recommend that you would accept the salvation that Jesus is entering, entering, pff, offering to you. Yeah, that's the right word. If you want to know more about that, uh, go to my The Gospel session. Um, I have a lot of details on that in there. So, um, Okay. So, he goes to prepare a place for us, right? And he's talking about mansions and stuff. So, how? Do, what does this mean, okay? Why does he say that we don't know the day or the hour? Why is he coming back at a time we don't know? What does the next chapter about this mean? Oh, actually, it's right there. Let's get to it. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that the summer is near. So, you also... When you see all these things, know that it's near at the doors. As uh, assuredly, I say to you, the generation will be... I can't read. I can't read today. No, I can't even speak. I can't even... <sighs> okay. So also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, my, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the dark, the dark, the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in a field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, 
one will be taken, the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house has known the hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now, this little area, I feel like that's also talking about the rapture. But I don't know. My pastor talked about it like it was the rapture as well, because we don't know the day or the hour for that. Anyway, you guys choose this side. I don't even really know. I'm just going to wait, because I don't know anything. So I'm just going to try to learn stuff. All right, so let me tell you this now. Why did Jesus do this the way he is doing it, right? So, back in the day, a Hebrew boy... <laughs> Thank you for J.P. Pakluda from the Becoming Something podcast for giving me this information so that I could give it to you now. This is from their episode, What Will Heaven Be Like? So he says, a Hebrew boy leaves his father's house to go to find a wife. When he finds a wife, he pays a dowry for her and they are betrothed and he returns to his father's house to make a bridal chamber and basically to get uh, like a little house or room ready for the bride and groom to be married and live in. And because he'll eventually inherit the house that his father's living in, he just builds a room on that house because he will have the entire house once, I guess, his father dies. So he chooses some men to help him with the wedding um, and with everything, basically. So this groomsmen and vice versa is the... The bride uh, chooses bridesmaids to help her prepare the wedding and the dress and everything. And something that JP said was that toasts, things like toasts, bridesmaids, groomsmen, honeymoons, those things all kind of, not, he said that those things almost like they come from this time, um, or the, like the old times, like all those things come from those times because this is what they used to do. Anyway, so the man, the groomsman, no, the groom, uh, gets the stuff ready and he will return to get his bride at an unknown hour. Like, whenever he's ready, it could be a year, it could be years, it could be less, it could be a week, like, who knows. So he will return to her at an unknown hour. Doesn't it sound like something I was just talking about? Yeah. So the 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 bride to be is is waiting. She's waiting. She's waiting for um him to. How many more times can I say waiting? She's waiting. Okay. <laughs> She's waiting, watching. She's ready. She has her dress ready. She has the ladies that are ready to help her with the wedding. Like she's getting the wedding ceremony like ready. I guess I'm yeah. And so, then when he, when the groom is ready, he sends word ahead of him saying that he's coming. He's coming to get his bride. So, the the word is um, basically transported, like, I guess by word of mouth, because there's no text messages or phones back then, is what JP says. Um, so, people through towns just kind of telephone, I guess, the message that so-and-so's going to get his bride and from town to town and sometimes they blast they would blast trumpets in order for the news to be passed on and so when the 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 bride would get news of uh the the that her groom is coming sorry i keep stuttering 
she she quick she gets ready she grabs the the wedding dress she gets into it she prepares the ceremony i don't know exactly what she did but so her and her bridesmaids would go out with her their lamps burning and they would be ready and they would be waiting and watching because they're not exactly sure what time he's coming but they're ready for him because they know he's coming so in the same way jesus is our groom if you have not heard about how the church is the bride of christ uh well you just heard about now we are the bride of christ and we are going to heaven for a marriage ceremony we are getting married to Jesus, and that is amazing because we're sinners and we do not deserve such a great guy. But he is—he loves us so much that he paid the price for our sins, and he is preparing us a place in a in a paradise that I can't really imagine. Like I think it's going to be fantastic, better than anything. I could ever imagine or try to explain to you um so in the same kind of way that i just explained jesus went to prepare a place for us he, he is making a bridal chamber for us right uh in his father's house which is essentially heaven and we're going to live there He's, he went to prepare it. So now we're waiting for him. How long is he going to take to prepare a place for us? Like, there's a lot of us. I don't know if he's creating... He says there's many mansions in his father's house. Like, do we each get a mansion? Or are we all just going to be... Like, I was talking to my family the other day. Like, how can we all marry Christ? And then I was like, what if we were only one person? as just an entire human society like every person that was ever born or alive we were all just one person and god separated us into cells and each one of those cells became a person over time and some chose to go back to god or some chose not to and so god separated the good cells from the bad cells and now he's going to create that person back but only with the good cells and so we're just going to be one person but we're all that person and we just get to be married to Jesus for eternity. Like, that's just, that's not even like biblical. I don't think in any way. That's just something I imagined and said. And I thought it'd be interesting to share that with you because it's a, it, I don't know, it's just a new perspective, I feel like, to share what you think heaven might be like. And I know a lot of times people think heaven would just be us singing and having angels' wings and halos and clouds. But no. I think the that um, heaven's going to be a lot like the Garden of Eden. We're going to have, there's going to be a city, I think, with the river flowing from the throne of God. It's going to be lighted by the throne of God. There will be no night. There will be no pain. There will be no suffering. There will only be joy, full satisfaction, absolute ecstasy in a way that we cannot understand here on this earth. Uh, J.P. Pakluta explains it in a very strange way that I've never heard of before in his session, uh, What Will Heaven Be Like? And I'm not going to explain it on my podcast because 
of reasons you'll understand if you listen to that one. But uh, <laughs> if you think you want to, you should listen to that. It's really strange, and it's definitely giving me a new perspective. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very excited for heaven. I don't think we're just going to be sitting and singing all day long um, in the Garden of Eden, which was paradise. There was there was fellowship with God. There were animals there. There were there were actually responsibilities for Adam and Eve. They were to tend to the garden, and it wasn't like a sweat on the brow kind of job that that like we have to go through or most people have to do nowadays because of the curse after the fall of mankind. Man, this is a very scatterbrain kind of episode. <laughs> See, everything just connects, right? Like, to the end. Everything connects, and it's like a huge, big puzzle piece that I could, I mean, puzzle, that I could never, like, put together for you. I'm just trying to, like, show you the basics, maybe. Anyway, so, I'm just trying to explain to you that heaven is a great place. It's not something you should be dreading or thinking is going to be boring it will not be boring it's going to be i i like to think of it as every single good thing that ever happened in your life for every yeah just put together but a hundred billion times better like because it's heaven and you're with jesus and that void inside of you that can never be filled up on this earth will be filled up and you'll just have that feeling of pure joy like have you ever had that feeling like of absolute joy like yeah that's that's heaven just that happiness that society's has been chasing and trying to find for 6000 years or as long as the earth has been around that many years and finally in heaven that's what it is that's what we're all looking for so, that's that. Um, so yeah, we're waiting for him to return. We're waiting for the trumpets to tell us that our, our groom is coming or our savior is coming to get us. We need to be ready, watching with our lamps burning as the wise virgins in the next parable. But I think I'm out of time for that, so I might talk about it next week. Um, that was a lot. I didn't even finish talking about what I was going to talk about. Well, I was going to say that my pastor on Sunday, that was, since I'm recording on Monday, it's that was yesterday, um, he was saying that we as a church, now I haven't experienced this too much, not been around a lot, but as you probably know, churches have a lot of drama oftentimes because all kinds of stuff, but, uh, people just have drama, and people are always, I don't know, just judging each other, like, oh, you know, well, I don't think that marriage is gonna work out, or, like, man, that person is not holy, like, you know, that's not the way the church should be, we should be upholding each other, building each other, building each other up, serving each other, loving each other, and what, my pastor said, he said something super, like, peculiar to me, like, persecution 
draws people together. It's something that he feels like maybe the church even needs. Because right now, let's say in Ukraine, I'm sure that the focus of the Christians there is not, oh, oh, what's his face needs to straighten out his act and like this and that, right? No, it's come here. Well, let's pray together because we don't know what's going to happen next. So we're just going to pray and ask Jesus what to do next. How can we, how can we serve each other? Like, what do you need? Do you need food right now? Because there's, the cars are in line to, uh, cross the border out of Ukraine, um, to run to safety. And, and like, how many days have they already been in line? How long is that line? Like, do the families in those cars, like, have what they need? Do they have food? Do they have, is it cold there right now? Is, do they need, um, maybe they have children, babies, like, do they have the things they need, diapers, like, do they have those things? And then the church, I would assume they are busy trying to make sure that everyone has what they need and praying that the Lord would provide for everyone and everyone would be okay, everyone would be safe, and they're just serving one another, acting as the body of Christ, and just building each other up, edifying one another, praying for one another, um, instead of being like, oh, you did drugs when you were a teenager, then you're not accepted here, right? Like, that's not the church. But when things come down to, like, persecution or, like, chaos, trouble times, how does the church react? Like, doesn't, isn't that weird? Have you ever thought about that? Like, at a point where it's, like, life or death, honestly, don't we just kind of change our perspective doesn't that change your perspective like you no longer really care if that person stole your boyfriend last year like maybe you do but like you don't really care about that anymore you just want to make sure that they have food and water and that they're not cold and they're good and and it do they have everything they need good let's pray together let's make sure you're doing okay don't cry it's okay don't be troubled. The Bible says, "Do not worry about tomorrow." For today, the, the worries about today are sufficient. You know, like that's kind of how it goes. But the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under on your own understanding. Like it's crazy. So I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering what's coming next, right? Like what's coming next? Because I know something is coming next. And let me tell you, I'm sure it's not peace. It's not peace and safety. So, for us, as Christians, we can be hope in peace and safety. But I'm just saying that as a world who is not trusting in God, I would not make the assumption that the next thing after this is peace and safety for the world. So, let us pray for our countries. Let us pray for our nations. Let us pray for the world in general. That Not that necessarily things would get better as in like less chaos because I don't I don't honestly know if that's possible because the Bible tells us it's gonna be chaos I think that we can pray in order to maybe put it off longer if that's the will of God because he says in second Peter 3 
Let me get there. Second Peter 3. He says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but instead he is merciful unto those who have not received him yet, that they would receive him. Like, he's having mercy on them because he loves them and he wants them to receive him. But let me read it to you. Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle in, in epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by the way of a reminder that you may I'm really sorry, I can't read today. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and as a thousand years as one day. I'm sorry, I I mixed up some of that. One day as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, or patient, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all things will be dissolved, the manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him, found by him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, and also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of wicked, the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to me the glory both now and forever. Amen. I'm sorry I had to read that because I'm kind of, I read very monotone and I know that. But that doesn't matter because the things that he's saying here, if you didn't get that when I was reading it, Second Peter chapter 3, go read it for yourself. Actually, I say go read it anyway because you probably didn't even get half of that because of my monotone reading. But read it. It is a really good chapter talks about all kinds of stuff. Now, I'm out of time, but I need to read 1 Thessalonians as well. <laughs> it's about the rapture as well. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 4, 13 through 18 first. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, meaning dead, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we are 
We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall also always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Man, if that's not comfort, I don't know what is. That's amazing. You should read that again as well. First Thessalonians 4, 4, 13 through 18. And then 5, 1 through 11. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not the night or nor of the darkness. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. We are the light of the world, by the way. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Not literally meaning sleep in your like Christianity. I'm not sure how to say. Do not sleep like let us watch and be sober, okay? For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord our Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. Alright, you guys, that's literally, I'm gonna run out of time like crazy. I don't know, how many, how long have I been doing this for? Almost an hour. Okay, um, that was a crazy episode. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you learned something new. I didn't have a whole lot of details on anything, but it was fun to talk about and to think about and to just remind you guys that Jesus is coming back at any moment. You need to be watching. You need to be ready. Maybe next week I'll talk about it a little more because I could not cover everything I wanted to. Lastly, some of you are nervous about the rapture. I know it. I know you are. And you also feel kind of bad about it because there are things you would like to do before you go, right? So, listen here. The rapture doesn't mean it's the end of your life. Instead, remember that we are going to be reigning on the earth with Jesus for a thousand years in the thousand year reign. We're going to be on an earth that is more perfect than it has ever been. Well, maybe not as the Garden of Eden, but anyway, other than that. So, we will be able to have a full everlasting life and you're not missing out on anything. Do not worry. Do not worry about the rapture. The rapture is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. So, know that. Alright? Okay, I'm out of time, you guys. You guys have a fantastic week and I will probably see you next week, Wednesday, 12 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hope you speeded me up, you guys. You are special. Here's my outro again. Watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love, you guys. All right, until next time. Bye.